Amen. Somebody clap your hands unto the loving God. Come on, clap your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, praise him with your hands. Praise him with your heart. Praise him with your lips. Praise him with your mind, your soul, and all of it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody thankful to be in the presence of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. There is absolutely no place, there's no place that I would rather be than in the presence of the Lord. And I know that sounds rather cliche. It seems like a formative expression. But I wonder if you've ever taken time to consider the fact that one of the greatest gifts that has been given to humanity is the fact that God, in the greatness of his power, the majesticness of his nature, would even allow us to feel an ounce of his glory. Come on, I wonder if there's anybody that's thankful that God would let us feel his spirit. Come on, we're talking about a God that's so great, but yet he would let us feel his spirit, feel his power. Come on, feel his glory, feel his love and his mercy. I wonder if there's anybody can really thank God that he would let us... Oh, come on, we've got a reason to praise him. We've got a reason to thank him. We've got a reason to love him. Come on, because there's a love that's unconditional from a God that's never changing. Oh, clap your hands one more time and let them know that you thank him. Amen, amen. It is 11.08 a.m., and I want to hasten quickly to God's word. If you're standing with me, amen, to bring our attention to a triad of scriptures, three particular texts for your consideration. The book of Matthew, the second chapter, the 11th verse. The gospel is according to Mark, the 15th chapter, and the 23rd verse. We will culminate at the gospel is according to John, the 19th chapter, the 38th and 39th verse. Amen. And while you're thumbing through your Bible, just taking your time to get to those three passages, amen, I want to say on behalf of my family, that we are so glad to be back in Bakersfield. Amen. Anybody glad that you're part of a great church? Come on, GBFPC. Come on, anybody thankful God put you in a great church. Amen. Amen. There are few places on the earth that have captured our hearts and our spirits like Bakersfield and the family that's here and the ministry and the leadership that's here. Bishop Frost, we love you and your family. Pastor Bradford and his family. Anybody thankful for a shepherd in your life? Come on, anybody thankful for your shepherd, your pastor, your watchman, your angel, the angel of the church? You know that I'm not just saying this out of flattery because we really do love this church and all that this church has meant to me and my family. My wife is here, so glad she's here. Man in the fort, Bryson sleeping already. Oh, he's not sleeping. He's just being bad. Terrible threes are for real. I don't care what they say. Terrible all capital letters. And Mr. Bentley Mark, he is sleeping. He don't even want to listen to that. He preached today. Amen. But we are looking forward to 238. And uh, we want to be here because we want to be here. Amen. And I'm thankful that God is here. All the visitors in the house, let's give God praise for all the visitors in the room. 
Come on, some of you with your family for the holidays. We are so glad that you are here. Amen. All the families that are here. I've got a chance to meet Jeremy and his family. So glad you guys are here. I think it's Casey. I may have got it wrong. I got it right. Praise God. Amen. So glad you, you guys are here. Anybody ready for the word of God today? We got one service. We got one sermon. Unless I preach two hours, that means you split it in half. Amen. I want to bring your mind to a particular and a very common passage of scripture. And what you don't know about this sermon is a very interesting birthplace. It was born right over here in this corner about two years ago. Brother Peyton Bradford's co-author of this sermon. That's why I'm giving him a shout out if you're listening. And we're standing here and the word of God is powerful. Somebody shout amen. The word of God is powerful enough to change your life today. And this word is something that's, that's rather it's rather deep, and there's a curiosity about this text, and I want God to speak to us. The Bible says, Matthew 2 and 11, And when they were come into the house, the wise men traveling some great distance to see this great promise, they saw the young child. Somebody shout Jesus. Come on, shout that great name if you know it. Come on, shout that great name if you know it has all power. They saw the young child, Jesus with Mary, his mother, and the soon as they came into the house, the Bible says that they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, we know that they brought gifts and treasures with them, and they presented unto him gifts. Somebody shout gold. They presented unto him frankincense. Somebody shout frankincense. And for the next 40 minutes, I want you to hone in on this one word. Somebody shout myrrh. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Mark 15 and 23, thank you for standing. And they gave to him, somebody shout Jesus. They gave to him a drink. Jesus is now on the cross. And they reached out a cup to give him a drink. The Bible says that this concoction that was lifted to the lips of Jesus was wine mingled with, and I hope you see a pattern unfolding already, wine mingled with wine mingled with myrrh but Jesus received it not finally going to the last dispensation of his life in the tomb John 19 and 38 Joseph of Arimathea begging for the body of Jesus from Pilate and as they journeyed to the tomb in verse 39 he was not alone as Nicodemus the same that came to Jesus by night the Bible says that Nicodemus brought with him not a treasure, but this time Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. Come on, say it one more time. Shout myrrh. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes to the tomb, the burial place of Jesus, about a hundred pound weight. Myrrh. I want to preach today, and I know, I know that some of us are here because we were invited by family and I want to echo the sentiment of your pastor. This is not a pushover service. Anybody want God to talk to you today? I want us to lift our hands all across the sanctuary. And I want us to pray, no matter what you're going through right now, before this year ends, I pray that God will speak to your world. Come on, can we lift our hands and talk to the Lord and ask him to talk to us? God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit that's in this sanctuary... 
God would reach into the hearts and the minds of your people. I pray, Lord, that you would minister to our spirits. I pray every soul, every family, God, every heart. God, that your word would lift us, that your mercy would minister in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want somebody to clap your hands and thank the Lord for his presence in the sanctuary. Come on, clap your hands if you're thankful for the mercies of God. You're thankful for the grace of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I feel something moving. I feel a ministering spirit. Come on, God's going to talk to some people that's been going through some troubles. There's a God that's walking through the valley with you. There's a God that's keeping you. There's a God that loves you. Amen. Somebody shout mercy. If there is no other gift that is greater than sending down from heaven to mankind, I want to preach about the mercies of God. And with the help of God, I want to minister about the mercies. Somebody shout the mercies. The mercies of myrrh. Amen. Clap your hands one more time if you're thankful for God's mercy. Amen. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Somebody shout myrrh. The mercies of myrrh. I don't think, I don't think I have to give a disclaimer about the way I feel about preaching what we don't need in our worlds, in our lives, because life, life is real. Somebody shout amen. We don't, we don't just need sermons. We don't just need messages. We need a divine word from God that can speak to your real life situations. So for all the real people in the room, if, if it's all right, I think God has a real word to give us. Anybody ready to hear it? Amen. Anybody going to respond when you hear it? I want to take you on a quick journey. It's 11.17, so I'm letting you know I'm looking at the clock. I want to take you on a quick journey through Scripture, through, through three distinct points of the life of Jesus that I don't believe we should look over. There's some patterns about the Word of God that when God's Word begins to unfold, His Word is so powerful. Every word in that book is enough to change your life, redirect your world, and minister to your spirit, your family, and everything that you need God to talk to. God is able to talk to it. And there's a pattern that unfolds in these three distinct scriptures that if your eyes are not dim, if you can put on your glasses and look a lot closer, there's something here that is so powerful. It is something here that is so revelatory. It is the spirit that is intertwined in a substance called myrrh. I don't, I don't have to tell you that Matthew 2 and 11 is a very familiar passage, especially around this time of year, but I, I pray we don't miss what's really in this text. There's, there's a journeying to the place where this young child has been born, this promise has been given, the son the son has made his entrance into the world, and now Jesus, this young child, probably between the ages of six months to two years old, is in a house being coddled, being, being nurtured by his mother, and the wise men make their way and arrive at the house where Jesus was. When they make their way into the house, the Bible says that as soon as 
they laid eyes on this young child. The Bible says that something got a hold of their spirit just entering into the presence of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Just coming into the presence of Jesus shifted something in their spirit enough that they had no choice but to fall down and worship him. Can I tell you, I don't know what you've been going through outside the doors, what you've been dealing with all week long, but I've come to tell you that when your feet cross the threshold of the double doors in the sanctuary, it's a good idea to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. I just want to know if there's anybody that's come with a praise on your spirit. I just want to know if there's anybody that's come with a worship on your heart. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I just come to tell you that Jesus is in the house. I'm going to say it again for somebody on a Sunday morning. It's not me. It's not just the singing. It's not just the music, but there's a divine presence. Jesus is in the house. Oh, I wish somebody would praise God like he's in the room. Come on, I wish somebody over here would praise God like he's in the room. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I wish somebody would take 10 seconds and stop and notice that there's a God that's in the sanctuary. Oh, clap your hands if you can feel him in the room. Come on, we're talking about the king. We're talking about the Lord of Lords. They walk into the house and they recognize this young child there. The Bible says that they presented unto him gifts, opening up their treasures. They give him three gifts, and I know this is the boring part. But bear with me through the boredness. It's going to get better. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to get better. The sermon and your life, praise God. They give him three gifts. Somebody shout gold, frankincense. And somebody shout it with me, myrrh. And I know these texts, I know we skip over this. It sounds so beautiful. It sounds so serene, the setting. But there's more here than meets the eyes, Bishop. They gave him these gifts out of specific presentation, knowing the promises that they've heard from afar, knowing the Old Testament tellings of this great child that was not just going to be a child, but this great king that was going to be given unto us. A child is born, a son is given, the government is going to be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. I've come to tell you that there is revelation in knowing that Jesus is not just a child, but he is the living and mighty God. Oh, I wish I was preaching to some Pentecostal, one God, tongue-talking, holy-rolling, God-believing people. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, and his name is still Jesus, and the power is still in Jesus, and the grace is still in Jesus, and the mercy, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, the mercy is still in Jesus. I'm hurrying. They gave him gold knowing that he was going to be the prophetic fulfillment of the king gold was representative of his kingship his deity the gold given and fit for a king because if nobody's ever told you and if you maybe forgot I've come to tell you that Jesus is still the, the king of kings and he is still the lord of lords bowing down to the king worthy of worship they gave him gold somebody thankful they still the king of kings in the room but then they gave him frankincense Frankincense, not for a king, but for the beauty and the power, the poetic spirit of the purity that's wrapped in his priestly nature. 
He was not just the king of kings, but Jesus Christ is the high priest. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, which in other words means that we have a high priest that wants to be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. I've come to tell a visit on a Sunday morning. If nobody else wants to deal with you, there's a God that wants to know you. If everybody else has forsaken you, there's a God that wants to touch you. If everybody else has quit on you, there's a God that will never leave you. He said, I want to know your pain. I want to know your heart. I want to feel your spirit. I want to mend your... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost already. He said, I'm the high priest that desires to be touched. It's 11:24. If it's all right with you, I'm going to begin my sermon right here. Somebody say he's about to preach three hours. The gold is beautiful and powerful. Everybody's still with me in the room. Gold is powerful. The frankincense is pure. The pungency of this fragrance is beautiful. But gold and frankincense is not myrrh. Myrrh was a whole different story in this presentation. They knew the prophecies of him being a king. They worship him as the high priest. But myrrh, somebody shout myrrh. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost about to minister to somebody. Somebody shout myrrh. Myrrh was a different story because not all the prophecies about this young child, this young king, this young priest, not all the prophecies about Jesus were beautiful. Myrrh is different because myrrh is a gum resin that's extracted from the myrrh tree. And I, I asked them to put a fancy definition on there so you can believe what I'm telling you. Myrrh is derived, watch this from not just any tree, but myrrh is derived from a thorny tree. I hope somebody's still listening. A thorny tree, and whosoever would extract myrrh from this tree has to get through the thistles and the thorns. Myrrh, after it's extracted, is used to produce an incense that is commonly used for embalming and the preparation of death and burial. Myrrh is different because myrrh was not about kingship. Myrrh was not about his priestly na nature. Myrrh, somebody shout myrrh. I'm trying to drill this in your spirit for when this thing gets going. Myrrh was different because every soul of that day understood that myrrh was a sign of suffering. Myrrh was a sign of suffering. And they knew that all the prophecies about this young child were not so beautiful. They knew that this young child was entered into the earth, and as they saw Mary, myrrh was opened up, and myrrh was a reminder unto Mary that an arrow was going to pierce her soul. Myrrh was a reminder unto Mary that this young child was going to grow up, and his life was not going to be easy. He was going to have a hard life with real troubles, because life is real for all the real folks in the room. And there was a reminder that was issued that day in that house that Jesus was going to go through some real calamities, some real trials, and some real suffering. Somebody shout amen. It was a reminder that this young man was going to grow up and 30 years of age, he was going to walk with 12 men and not have anywhere to lay his head. Jesus walked the earth for 33 and a half years. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, he was homeless. I wish somebody would hear me right now. 
He was not only homeless, but Jesus was forsaken by his own people. They came, he came into his own, and they rejected him. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was betrayed. I hope somebody's resonating with God right now. Jesus was lied on. Jesus was spit on, beaten, afflicted, bruised. And I've come to tell you that Jesus was tempted at all points like as we are. Because there's a God that manifested himself in flesh. Because he cares about you so much that he had to let you know that and I know exactly what you're going through because I've been tempted by every trial that you can ever face. When you're crying in the midnight hour, Jesus wept. When you're all alone by yourself, he felt what it was like to be forsaken. I wish some real folk were preaching with me right now. I just come to tell you that in the midst of suffering, there's a God of mercy that shows up when you need him the most. I wish I had two or three people preaching with me right now. I said myrrh might be a sign of suffering, but thanks be unto God that there's a God of mercy that shows up in the middle. I come to preach to somebody that might be going through something uh, during this time of year and you're saying, God, uh, I wish my trials would end. Uh, I wish time would slow down. Uh, I wish my sorrows would go away. Uh, but I've come to preach to somebody uh, that in the middle of your murder, there's a God. Oh, I wish somebody would hear the Holy Ghost. Uh, I just come to tell you there's a God full of mercy uh, that will help you get through your murder. Oh, somebody clap their hands if you feel the Holy Ghost talking to you. Somebody shout myrrh. Everybody still listening? I'm taking the gloves off right now. I hope you're listening. I just come to preach to somebody on a Sunday morning. I understand the time and the seasons of life. I understand the joy that's in the air. I understand the cheer that's in the spirits of people all across the world. But I've come to preach to some people that's battling with some other spirits. Because in the realities of life, we can try to put on a smile. We can go through the pretense. We can wear a mask. But when the mask comes off, you still have life to deal with. When you go back to work on Tuesday morning, you still got life to deal with. And I've come to preach to somebody going through real life that there's a God that will walk you through the valleys of life. There's a God that will walk through you the darkness of life. There's a God, I'm preaching to somebody. There's a, come on, I come to tell you in the middle of your tears, there's a God of mercy. In the middle of your struggles, there's a God of mercy. I know. It's 1131, I know. I know that everybody, everybody would like to say, preacher, you're not preaching to me. I don't have any troubles. But if you don't have, oh, praise God, I feel that in my spirit. I like that. If you don't have thorns in your life, I got a few I can give you. Paul said, I sought the Lord three times to get rid of these thorns because everybody has affliction. Everybody has trouble. Everybody in this section, this section, this section, this section, this section, and this section, God's preaching to you right now. But in the middle of your troubles, there's a God that still has mercy. In the middle of your tears, there's a God that still has mercy. In the middle of your hard times, there's a, in the middle of financial trouble, and you don't know if you're going to make it to 2024, there's a God that still Come on, I'm trying to encourage somebody right now. I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom. I'm not trying to be a preacher of problems. But I come to tell you in the midst of the problems, there's a God with power. In the midst of the hurt, 
hurt. There's a God with healing in the midst of the myrrh. God, I wish somebody would get some joy in your spirit. I know it can be tough. I know it can be hard. But there's a healer in the house. Oh, somebody lift up your voice and worship God. Come on, through the thorns, through the pain, through divorce, through sickness, through... Can I tell you what I won't believe? I won't believe that everything in your life is perfect today. I got 80, 80%. The rest of y'all are going to repent today for lying. Because the word of God, Job 14 and 1, Brother Casey says that, that man, every man, every soul that is born of a woman, including Jesus, is few of days. And watch this. Oh, this is so painful. Full of trouble. If you're trying to figure out what's going on in your world, I just want to tell you, your world is full of trouble. I think I'm, just, I think I'm getting through to somebody right now. Full of trouble. If you look to your right, trouble. Left, trouble. Don't turn around because you know what's in your past, full of trouble. But when your world is full of trouble, I've come to minister to somebody right now. Can I tell you some real life stuff? It is not easy losing your job at the worst point to lose it. Come on, transparent people in the room. There's nothing fun about going through custody battles because that's real life for some people. It's not fun. Some people have a hard time during the seasons when people are gathering with their family because they lost loved ones. That's not easy. That's real life for you. Can I, should I, shall I keep going? Some people have hard childhoods, myrrh that is mingled in our world. But I come to preach to somebody on a Sunday morning that in the middle of myrrh, that there's a God that's in the sanctuary. In the middle of myrrh, if you will lift up your hands, mercy is in the sanctuary. I don't care if you just got out of prison. There's mercy to change your life forever. I don't care if you've been going... I want somebody to hear God talking to you on a Sunday morning. I'll tell you why I showed up to church today. Because with real life and real trouble and real situations, I need a real God to get a, to get a hold of my real mess. I need a God with mercy to walk me through my mind. Come on, somebody clap your hands and lift up your voice. How to feel God talking to you on a Sunday morning? Say, well, preacher, all I have heard was bad stuff. I don't want to hear about losing my job. I want to tell you, it's mercy that you still have a job. Anybody thankful that God's been keeping you? Come on, anybody thankful you still got a roof over your head? Come on, you still in your right mind. As bad as it is to you, it could be worse. You could be in a hospital right now. You could be in a grave right now. You could be in a nursing home right now. You can be in an insane asylum right now. But I could come to tell you we're in the house where Jesus is. We're in the house where Jesus is. And he's still worthy of worship. And he's still worthy of praise. Because he still can walk you through myrrh. Eleven thirty-six. Y'all say, Brother Williams, why you keep doing it? I'm doing that for the visitors, okay? 
said, preacher, what's the good part? Anybody ready for the good part? The good part is if you got a bad track record and you hate the shame that trails behind you, I told Robo Shepherd, and you got a sinful past and you're not proud of the man you've been, the woman you've been, and you want to change your life, I've got some good news for you on a Sunday morning. The man of God said that not only do your trials, your tribulations, and your past trail you, he said, but goodness and mercy is following me too. When your, my God, when your trail is tracked with a whole bunch of trouble, there's mercy wiping the path clean. There's a God that can erase your sin. There's a God that can recreate your trouble. I hope somebody's hearing God talk to you. All you got to tell God is, God, I'm lifting up my hands, and I need your mercy. I'm lifting up my heart, and I need your mercy. I'm tired of the addiction. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of the murder. And that name that's above every name. I wish there were some people of the name that's been baptized in the name that was buried in the name and came up with the name. That God of mercy, if you go down in the waters in the name of Jesus Christ, God can erase every sin. God can erase every... I think I ought to have about 300 apostolics in the room that can testify and said, I was lost, but mercy found me. I was blind, but mercy healed me. I was sick, but mercy redeemed me. I was broken, but mercy mended me. You're not hearing me right now. I was... But mercy showed up. So, preacher, what's the good part? This is the good part. Anybody ready? There's some patterns that unfold in Scripture. That some patterns are not accidental. And right over here, me and Brother Peyton Bradford were talking. We were just talking about how sermons are formed. He said, how do you form sermons? How do you come to a conclusion? I said, you know, sometimes something jumps out at me. And a pattern seems to unfold. And when you see one pattern and the pattern overlays, you might need to look at that a whole lot deeper. And he mentioned, he said, yeah, I think it's rather interesting that Myrrh was at the early life of Jesus. And he said Myrrh was brought to his tomb as well. I said, man, that's powerful. I'm giving him his co-author credit right here. I said, that's powerful. I said, I'm going to dig into that and figure out what's going on. Can I tell you what's going on? There's mercy to get through your Myrrh. I'm going to say it again for somebody in the room. I said, there's mercy to get through those midnight hours when you're crying yourself to sleep because weeping may endure for a night. But Jesus, just like Jesus got up out of the grave and he rose again, there's joy that comes in the morning. I said, just like when the grave was closed, dark and cold, and you feel lonely and by yourself, there's mercy to get up out of a grave. Eleven forty, Brother McAllister coming. So some patterns aren't worth overlooking. Because all of a sudden, non-coincidentally, I hope somebody's tying this together right now. I'm about to preach this thing with the help of God. Non-coincidentally, thirty-three and a half years later, myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. Come on, shout myrrh. Myrrh shows up again. 
The Bible says that as Jesus is on the cross, his arms stretched out, nails in his hands just for you. Well, I wish somebody was really thankful he died for you. Just for you. I need to say that for somebody in the room. I want to tell you Jesus loves you. Come on, when nobody else loves you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus loves you. Come on, when your husband walks out on you, Jesus will never forsake you. When you feel lonely and destitute and broken. So Jesus is on the cross. Brother Brock, Bishop Brock, you might help him. Young strapping soldier. Young strapping soldier. Jesus is on the cross. Pain in his body. Every orifice of his body, every, every ounce of his humanity is in pain. And humanity, the humanity of God manifested in flesh. Can I tell you what wanted to happen? Can I, can I tell you, Jesus wanted to quit. You got Bible for that? He wanted to quit before it ever got going. He said, Father, let this cup, please don't let me go. Anybody ever pray, God, I wish you would get me out of this. Why do we have to go through this? We've been faithful. We've been praying. We've been consistent. We've been giving. And why do we still have to go through this? And I tell you, Daniel was faithful in prayer. He still ended up in a lion's den. I'm not preaching anybody in the room because no man is exempt from her. The Bible says he's on the cross. It's a good point. And that young soldier, the Bible says he lifts up a cup to the lip of Jesus. And as Jesus is on the cross, he's trying to give a drink, and Jesus is refusing to drink it. He said, I can't, I'm not drinking it. He shook his head, no. The Bible says that the wine that was mixed with, come on, shout it back at me, with this cup that was mixed with myrrh. What was so bad about this myrrh that Jesus wouldn't drink it? And I'll tell you what was in that cup. Roman and Greek soldiers would carry myrrh on their person on the battlefield because when you're injured and wounded if you can mix myrrh just right myrrh has medicinal properties to alleviate inflammation and remove infection God man you say what does that have to do with Jesus can I tell you that had everything to do with Jesus because while he's on the cross trying to hold his body weight up his breath is waning his breathing is slowing his lungs are contracting slower and slower his blood is pumping in slower and slower and it's going cold and there's pain in every inch of his body and they're saying Jesus you save others come down if you can be the living God that you say you are and I promise you that Jesus was going through so much pain indicating that he wanted it to stop I just want to know, I just want to know to make sure I'm in the right building. If we can stand to our feet, I just want to take a survey. 
Is there anybody in the room that's ever been going through real life? Real life. Real life. And you said, I wish this would end. Wave your hand at me. Oh, come on. You're going through some stuff and you feel like you're by yourself. You're saying, where's my friends when I really need them? working your finger to the bone and you start doing the math, stacking dimes on nickels and nickels on pennies and, and, and counting up the quarters and the ends aren't touching. Can't make the ends meet and you're saying, God, we need your help. Anybody ever prayed for mercy before? Ashamed of the life you live. You're going through some really hard stuff. I'm preaching to somebody right now on a Sunday morning and you wish the pain would end. Guess what I believe Jesus did too. But ladies and gentlemen, at 11.46 a.m., I come to tell you there's a reason why he shook off that cup. They're trying to give him the wine mixed with myrrh because wine mixed with myrrh is a numbing agent for the McAllister. And if he drinks that cup, all the pain that he's going through just for you he won't feel not one ounce of it. But I come to tell you on a Sunday morning uh, that Jesus shook off the pain uh, when he wanted it to stop. Uh, and he said, I gotta keep going through the pain. Uh, I've gotta keep going through the affliction uh, with thorns in my head, uh, with whips on my back, uh, with bruises in my body. Uh, he went through it just for you uh, so he can give a word to somebody uh, to let you know that you can make it through the pain. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me. I wish you would lift up your hands right now. I come to tell you, you can make it through the tears. You can make it through the trauma. You can make it through the hurt. I come to tell somebody that's been going through something on a Sunday morning. I come to tell you, sis, you can make it through the mirror. Come on, I come to tell somebody in the sanctuary, I don't know what you're going through, but you don't have to wait till 2024 to make it. You can lift up your hands right now. The clock doesn't have to strike 1201 to get new mercy. You've got new mercy right now. Come on, I wonder if you can lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Jesus. There's a God of mercy. Oh God, I need your peace through my problems. Oh, I wish somebody would let tears roll down your face and said, I can make it if there's a God helping me. I can make it if there's a God walking with me. God, I need your healing. God, I need salvation. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Every man is open, there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is mine.
Jesus. Come on, reach for the name. 